Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I see some of you already sitting down because it's the rhythm of life that we're in. Yes, please be seated. You hear that? If we stand for the last song, you sit down. And I also don't know if you caught it, but when uh, the scripture was being read from Acts, did you see that, yes, this is the birth of the Christian church, but there was also some seeds of Lutheranism in there? What does this mean? But then it was immediately squashed because they were accused of wine, not beer. So I dropped that and went with a different way in my sermon. Just kidding. Bad joke. Good thing Pastor Tim's not here, right? All right. You know, for a, for a long time, I approached reading scripture in just the wrong way. I was reading it as if it was just something to know, something uh, that I had to do in my daily list of chores that a Christian must do. And I'm embarrassed to say that as I began to prepare for this sermon, I kind of fell into that trap almost again. See, our text today is the story of Pentecost. And for many of us, we know the story. We know the characters. We know the details. If it was a multiple choice quiz, I think we'd do pretty good. Fill in the blank, no problem. Spelling test, maybe not so much. But we know the story. So I sat there trying to figure out what new information I could glean, what little something I could give you and then send you on your way. I thought it should be all intellectual, all knowledge. And I forgot that Scripture was written to change lives, not just information that we store in our brains, but these are the very words intended to get inside of us to deal with our souls, to, to form a life that is congruent with the world that God has created, the salvation that in Jesus Christ he has enacted, and the community that he himself has gathered. Holy Scripture is God's words that penetrate our lives and create truth and beauty and goodness that enter our souls and, and spread throughout every fiber of our being as they become holiness and wisdom and love. And when we read Scripture, we don't try to read it efficiently and quickly, checking off on the box of our Jesus form. We don't try to analyze and dissect, pouring over the pages, trying to find out how to get God into our lives, how to get God to participate with what we want to do. Rather, when we read, we find that story after story, chapter after chapter, verse after verse, we are being drawn into God's reality, God's presence. And he pulls us into participation with him on his terms. That's what the words of spirit and truth and life do. And as his spirit participates in us and we receive his words, they become the interior of our lives the foundation and those stories, those images, they become the rhythm of our lives, the way that we love, the way that we pray, and the way that we are. I think that's how we're supposed to read Scripture. But it's hard to do that kind of reading, that kind of, you know, read a line, read a story, lean back, close your eyes, let it enter your soul, get lost in it, it's hard because of all the distractions, all the things we have to do, all the needs 
of life. It's hard, as Kenny Chesney once said, because of all the noise. Let me read for you what the inspired singer said. Wrecking balls, downtown construction, bottles breaking, jukebox buzzing, cardboard signs said the Lord is coming, tick, tick, tock, sing along at any time whenever you got it, right? We didn't turn it on, but we can't turn it off, off, off. Noise, 24-hour television gets so loud that no one can listen. I've got the whole song here. I won't read it all, but you get the idea. There's a lot of noise. Life is full of it. And if you're not a country fan and you're not agreeing with Kenny, well, I think the Bible has something to say about it, too. The Bible's word for it is Martha in it. Patent pending. I actually came up with that, I think, myself. I didn't read it anywhere, at least. It might be a made-up word, but I think it's true. When Jesus sat down and told Martha, 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 no. When we approach reading and hearing Jesus' words, we have to do something else. We have to get rid of the busy, kind of gotta-get-something-done way of listening and reading and rather sit and savor and turn away from the noise. I bet you five bucks, that's what all those folks who were in Jerusalem from the places with the places with the hard names were trying to do. They were like, what is going on? What is this loud noise? It's way too early to be blowing your blower. You can't do lawn work before whatever time it was. I forget now that I'm in the middle of it. But they were probably pretty angry, coming down going, what is this? What's going on? Quiet down, I'm trying to do something. Because you see, they were there to celebrate this feast. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it goes Passover, then the Sabbath immediately following it is the Feast of the First Fruits, where you take your, uh, your very first fruits, the ones that you have, and you offer and you sacrifice those to God, the very best, putting all trust in Him. Then you come back 50 days later and you celebrate the abundance that He has given, which, if we stop and think about it, that's kind of cool to understand Jesus dying over in Passover, the first fruits being given and then the abundance coming 50 days later. Anyways, you gotta imagine that those folks from the places with the really hard names just wanted them to turn it down. And I wonder how long it was till they started realizing, hey, we're all hearing this in our own language. I wonder how long it took for them to realize that this wasn't just noise, but it was something else. I don't know, but I do know this, that no matter what language and no matter what may have been going on in their lives earlier that day, one thing was heard in that moment. And a moment that changes your life is like that. Did you ever imagine that you would really hear that the Cubs would win the World Series in your lifetime? No. <laughs> do you remember that moment when you first heard the cry of a newborn child? The moment you were told you have cancer. The moment you saw your true love for the very first time. Everything changed. Let there be light, everything changed. Leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land I will show you. And for Abraham, everything changed. You are the man, David. Everything changed changed. Pick up your mat and walk. Everything changed. It is finished. Everything changed. Put your hands right here. Everything 
changed. And today, the words that changed everything were this, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, Jesus Christ. And if you think that Pentecost is just knowing the details of the story about the fishermen and the flames of fire or spelling the names of the cities, then you're not hearing what is being said. For what is being said is that everything has changed. Salvation is here in Christ Jesus, and the Spirit will be given without limit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church spilling over and spreading out. Things are happening and changing, and a new time is being ushered in. And it is all marvelous in our eyes. For what we see and experience is not information, but renewal and rebirth. And what we have been given is powerful things. What we see at Pentecost is the confirmation of the very promises of Jesus Christ, that the Comforter will come. The promise of resurrection and the promise that the living God himself is in you, confirmed. We see being called, called to faith, not by works, not by anything that we had done, but by grace. We see him calling and gathering from all the very ends of the earth and calling us children, allowing us to say that Jesus is our brother and that we are brothers and sisters to one another, confirmed, called, and created in us new life, where rivers of living water will flow through us, satisfying our thirst and our need for love and for worth. And he creates a new community with a purpose of being cast cast out and sent into the homes and to the works and into our families and to wherever God would call each of us. He calls us to be the church, the church that proclaims and praises with our lips and serves and loves with our hands. And that is because the Spirit lives and breathes in each and every one of us. Confirmed, called, created, and cast. And ever since that moment, it moved from a moment of change to moments of eternal change. The shape of the world has forever been altered, and more importantly, the shape of the kingdom of God has changed by the grace of God, and will continue to grow and expand. It's the very words and deeds that we do grow our church by the grace of God. Each and every one of us, by the work of the Holy Spirit, participating with God as He forms and shapes and acts with us. For over 135 years, this church has grown and raised people 
in the faith and love of Christ Jesus. For 135 years, forgiveness has been proclaimed, baptisms done, communion taken, and love outpoured, all in the name of Jesus Christ. And you are a part of that. You are a part of that. So rejoice and pray and work the fields and watch in wonder as our Lord does amazing work and eventually returns to look you in the eye and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.